Welcome back to DPT to CEO, the podcast where I, Dr. Morgan Meese, PT, owner of The Well Physio, a cash-based physical therapy practice I started in 2019, share with you as much as I can on how to successfully start, launch, and grow your own solo practice. Whether you're brand new and just thinking about getting started, or whether you're currently working with a full caseload of your very own patients, this podcast is for you. And of course, if you'd like more help, you can find all the resources on my website at morganmeese.com and connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Meese. If you're ready, let's dive in. All right, awesome. We are live uh, here in the studio and ready for a whole new episode of DPT to CEO, the podcast. Um, I'm really excited uh, to share with you guys tonight. We have a new special guest, um, new friend, uh, Jamie, here with us tonight. Um, Jamie, thank you so much for being here. Um, and I'd love to hear more from you about yourself and your story. Well, Morgan, I so appreciate you having me on the show. I love the DPT to CEO concept. <laughs> idea <laughs> it's so cool and uh it, it pretty much sums up um my story uh being a uh practice owner private practice owner for for over 15 years and it's interesting because when i first started um i started as many people do it was just me putting out my shingle with mm-hmm. a uh a woman at the front who was my fiance at the time who's now mm-hmm. my wife and um we had a blast i mean it was fun i was the doctor in the back and she did the front it was great and then we started to grow and when you grow you need help and when you need help you add people and you make the mistake as i did that you think everyone thinks like you and <laughs> comes early and stays late and gets their stuff done and communicates. And, you know, that's not really the case. Not everyone thinks and acts and uh, does everything like you. So that was a little bit of an eye opener when I started to add staff, you know, front desk. My, we ended up getting married and she got pregnant. So I had to get front desk person, had to get an aide, had to hire another therapist and, and all this other stuff. And things started to get really stressful. Uh, this was probably three, four years into business. And I imagine any business owners out there would would realize uh, that it can really start getting stressful. It got really bad where I was like, this this is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. I was starting to have some problems at home with my wife and physical stuff. I was I was really anxious all the time. And then it was like somebody hit the reset button. Um, we went on a, a, a very rare getaway for a weekend. And we were coming back home. Phone rang. Uh, not the phones that we have now, but, you know, like the old flip phone. Phone yeah. rang. And it was my father-in-law and my wife's smile went down and I go, and I'm driving and she goes, what? And I, and I go, what's going on? She goes, um, I, I think your building's on fire. Um, and oh my gosh. without missing a beat, I turned, I said, good. I hope it's my fleet and I hope it burns down. Oh. So we literally drove my wife and my, and my baby straight to our office and lo and behold, the entire suite burned down. Wow. And Morgan, I wasn't upset. I wasn't really in shock. Mm-hmm. I was just like relieved. And people are like, why are you relieved? I go, you ever had a snow day when you're younger? I'm an East Coast guy, Northeast. And the greatest thing in the world is no school tomorrow, snow day. That's mm-hmm. what I felt like. I felt like, well, I'm not going to work on Monday. I didn't realize I wouldn't be going to work for four months, but um, it gave me time to think and contemplate. And I actually contemplated quitting because mm-hmm. I was like, this is hard. This is not what I want to do. And if some, so many of my other friends were like doing really well and 
they didn't have the schooling I did. They didn't sacrifice the way I did. So anyways, I decided to make a decision. Say, you know what? I'm going to build a business that's going to be a real business. Mm -hmm. um, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to learn how. So I spent the next nine years after that fire investing in business, investing in coaches, investing in programs, reading books. I wasn't a huge reader. I started reading books. Nine years later, I created a business, uh, not overly big, uh, about 1.4 million, two locations, but I didn't have to go in every day. I could mm -hmm. go in a few hours a week. I was making good money. Um, I had a great team, good systems in place, all the stuff that we want, all the stuff we hear about, it's just really difficult to do but I did it. And then mm -hmm. I shared my story. And then not intentionally, people started reaching out to me and saying, can you help me do what you did? And I said, I guess. So <laughs> I started coaching. And 10 years later, I'm still coaching, ended up selling my practices because I just love coaching and helping other people build and grow their businesses and their dreams. So that's, that's my story. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, you know, like I, I do some of that from when we talked last time. I don't think you told me about the fire. So that was a, you know, new surprise in addition to the history. That must have yeah. been like, crazy to go through. But like you said, um, you know, like emotionally, it seemed like it was the reset that you needed to really get where you wanted to go. It, it certainly was. And, you know, it's funny. I just came back not too long ago from a conference and it's amazing when you're at a conference, how many people say they're doing great. Mm -hmm. And when I first started going to conferences for the first several years, I didn't have any time to go to conferences. I needed to stay in the office. But then I started going to conferences, wanted to learn from other people. And I was a little bit distraught when I went because I was like, does everyone here have it figured out except me? Because mm. I felt like an imposter because everyone said, how's it doing? Really good. Oh, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm growing this. I'm hiring these people and growing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm going home depressed, drinking like a fish and fighting with my spouse. That's mm. what I'm doing. That's why I'm here. And then I realized that we are very good at hiding. We are very good at putting a facade, a shield up, pretending from the out. It's kind of like Facebook, right? Everyone on Facebook, everyone has it. The life is the greatest thing. Look at the pictures. Look, look where I am. And you're just like, I know you. That's not your life. You were bitching about me the other day, you know? So... You know, I, I started to realize that you know, the, the way to progress in anything is, I don't care where you are, what phase of life, what job you have, but the way to be successful is you first have to tell the truth. It's kind of mm -hmm. like the motto of AA. All progress starts by telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And once, at least my story, once I was able to tell the truth, look in the mirror and say, Jamie, you have no idea what you're doing. I was good at treating people. I was talented. I put a lot of money and effort in learning my craft. I didn't know how to hire. I didn't know how to manage. I didn't know how to understand metrics and marketing and all that stuff, but I could learn. Mm -hmm. So once I just admitted to myself, I was then vulnerable and I was able to learn. And that's what it takes. If you're not willing to do that, no matter what we talk about today, and I'll, I'll give some actionable stuff. If you're not like just going to admit Hey, I don't have it all figured out. It's really hard to overcome that that ego, that kind of wall and and ask for help. Yeah, for sure. You know, like the you know, I guess like realizing like where your strengths truly lie and, you know, not necessarily like weaknesses, but just kind of like uh holes in the knowledge, I suppose, you know, of things that are yet to be learned and figuring out what those are and then figuring out where to find the information. And like, I know that that's something that 
comes up for like a lot of the practice owners that I speak with is, you know, now, especially with so much on the internet, there's so much information. So I guess like maybe one question that I have for you is like, how do you go about like finding the right mentors or like finding the right information? Yeah. And you're right about that. You know, I was talking with someone earlier and we talked about you know, what's, what's the biggest problem you see out there uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to just, you know, in this case, growing a business. And, and I said, well, the biggest problem that we all face, whether you're a business owner or, or not, is the amount of distraction, the amount of stuff that we all are getting thrown at us. Um, a lot to do with social media and the mm -hmm. access to everything with our with our phones and, and and everything else. And, you know, there's there's something to say that when you have so much thrown at you, you'll tend to shrivel up and go into a place of comfort because mm -hmm. it's too much. I wrote a blog the other day about decision fatigue. We're being inundated with the number of decisions that we're making. And, you know, you get exhausted. And it's it's, you know, one thing just to recognize that Yes, the internet, we're, we're, we're past the information age. Everything you want to know is on the internet. Everything you want to know is in YouTube or Google or Bing or whatever. Um, and now we're entering not only think everything you want to know, but you can get it all figured out with AI. Mm -hmm. So there's so much out there and there's more coming that the first thing is just realize that, you know what? It's very easy to get overwhelmed and you have to keep an eye on yourself that you don't get sucked in to all of that stuff. I mean, I, I watch myself with, with social media. I, I limit myself that, hey, I'm gonna check my social media a couple times a day, not every other minute. You know, that damn thing tracks you. It's like, Jamie, you've been on eight <laughs> hours today. I go, eight hours, oh my God. <laughs> um, and you know, what, what I think what a coach does, someone like myself, and there's other good coaches and mentors out there, I think what a coach does is help you filter the stuff that is coming to you. At least a good coach will. It's mm -hmm. not so much about telling you what to do. That's not real coaching, right? Because there's programs out there, there's modules out there, there's stuff that I'm sure coming in your inbox every day, Hey, here's a module to teach you this. Here's a module of social media. Here's a module. I mean, we there's plenty of that, but how do you know what to do and when? Mm -hmm. How do you handle the stuff that's going on in your life that might be affecting you and how you're thinking? How do you handle those emotions? You have to have someone that's outside of your world, right? You can't have someone that's in it with you because you're biased. We're all biased. That's why I've had a coach for 18 years, right? Because I don't know what I don't know. And I'm not foolish enough to think that just because I think I'm smart and I have a big ego that I can figure it out on my own. I don't need help. So, you know, when you're looking at a coach, you're looking for someone that do they actually have experience what they're teaching? I don't need someone that takes a weekend course to tell me what to do. I need mm -hmm. someone that can speak from real experience. That's not afraid to say, Here's all the mistakes I've made. Here's what I've learned. Mm -hmm. You want to have someone that puts you in their best interest. I always find it hard when I when I hear these so-called coaches, because there's lots of people that aren't really coaches, but they call themselves coach because that's like the buzzword now. They'll say I'm a coach, but they have like 13 things that they're telling you you need. And by the way, they have a financial interest in all those things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, then how can you be an unbiased person telling this person, hey, you know, you need you need to hire uh whatever, uh someone to help you with your social media, right? Someone like you, right? someone to help you with your digital stuff. Well, if I owned your company, I would say, oh, and we have it right here. That's about as ethical 
as a doctor owning their own PT. Mm-hmm. It's lucrative. It's really easy to say, hey, we have it right here. And people are, oh, let's face it, they'll just do whatever the person says they'll do. But as a coach, I don't want to be put in that position. I'd rather say, this is the type of person that you're looking to hire. Here's what their traits. Here's what their skills should be. Go ahead and search. And if you want to talk through them, let's do it. So you want to find someone that has your best interests in mind and is making sure that they are giving you advice that allows you to progress in your way, in your special way. I don't want you to be Jamie. When I'm coaching my people, they're not me. I want to use what they're really good at and position Mm -hmm. themselves and then surround themselves with amazing people with talents that are complementary to them. I don't believe in weaknesses. I, I, I just don't. I don't have weaknesses. I just have things I suck at. But I have people that are really good at those things. Well, as you know, Morgan, there's a lot of people that hear and say, give you advice, and I'm sure you've heard this advice in your life. You got to really focus on strengthening up those weaknesses. Why would you do that? Why would you waste your time and energy doing something that you just don't like to do and you don't have any natural thing to do? Why don't you just go find someone that does it or find technology to help you? So anyway, so those are a few things you can do when you're looking for a coach or a mentor. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, like I know with the, like the coaching that I do, like I really try to, with every question, you know, like provide like the options that are available, you know, and kind of share like my own experience with pros and cons of each of them, Um, you know, and then like whoever I am working with, you know, look to highlight, well, option A might be good for you because of, you know, your personality or the type of business that you're wanting to build. And, you know, here's why. And then let's try it out and see how it goes. And then we can, you know, continue on from there. Like that's, you know, that's really helpful to have like that mentorship, I think, to help you just like like you said like process all of the information that's coming at you all the time um you know so that you don't get caught in like analysis paralysis and then end up not moving forward at all um so it makes a ton of sense yeah exactly and i think like one question that i wanted to ask you just you know before before i forgot like with regards to your story and how when you first opened your business it was a certain model and a certain structure and you had a certain life experience associated with that then there was a great fire and then you built a business that you know really truly served you and kind of like led you to get where you are now you know maybe like broad strokes here but like what were some of the like major things that you changed going from business a to business b or like some of the like major differences yeah um one of the things i learned in uh, one of my journeys in self-development professional development is i learned a term called unique ability at the time i've never heard anything like that and, and i really didn't understand what it really meant now you hear other terms like superpower or God's gift or something like that, which means something that you do that you've always done, definitely in your formative, post-formative years, that you're just so good at. Other people look at you and say, how do you do that? So I started to learn about what that was for me. And it took me a long time to understand that. But what I started to realize is what I was really naturally good at. There was glimpses of, of that showing up in the owning a owning a business and treating people like I love to treat people and then I started getting a little bored of it it just wasn't challenging so as I started learning more about me and what I naturally did well 
that I didn't even recognize because when it's natural to you, you don't. There were elements of me treating and able to communicate with people, able to explain the complications of anatomy and the complications of that. And I just did it in a very simple, real way and always showing up in just a genuine like I was able to connect with people um, and then provide particular treatment and do all that. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't the most talented clinician. I mean, there's a lot of people that knew a lot more than I, but I was able to do that. And that's a lot of the part that I loved about it. So I, when I started to kind of remove myself from, from patient care and putting the business stuff together, again, I love the idea of supporting my team. I love the idea of the possibility of building and growing and creating and exploring. So when I when I um, shared my story and, and, and reached out to people or, or shared my story at, at a webinar um, and people started reaching out to me, I, um, I was like, I, I never really heard of coaching. I mean, I had coaches, but I did never... As, as a profession, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't understand really anything about it. I wasn't really that familiar with the internet, to be honest with you. And um, when I started to do it, it started to align with the things that I was really good at. And people started to say, wow, I never, you know, the way you said that, the way you explained it, the way you're kind of putting that together, they felt confident they could do it. Mm-hmm. And then they started to do it. And then they started getting the results a heck of a lot faster than it took me. It took me nine years. Um, and they started getting results. And I'm like, wow, this is really easy for me. That's scary. Like, I'm like, (laughs) you're telling me of how the results you're getting. And I'm like, I'm not really preparing for this. I'm just being me. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, it took someone else. It took a coach, my coach at the time to say, Jamie, don't you get it? This is more aligned with who you are. Do you love it? I go, I love it. Do you want to learn more about this coaching and this in this world of, of, of business and marketing, like I didn't understand like internet marketing. I didn't understand any of that. I mean, mm-hmm. My businesses were brick and mortar. I knew marketing from that, you know, level. And I went, yeah. And he goes, continue to lean in. Cause it was, I was, I didn't know about it. So that's when um, I just recognized what felt right for me. I think mm-hmm. all of us have that. This feels right versus something about this. I can't put my finger on. So I didn't do what I normally did, which I'd be trying to talk myself out of it. Like uh-huh. <laughs> I trusted that, you know what, isn't life supposed to be do what you really love to do, get paid a lot for it, um, work with people that you really love, have control over your time and your life. I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to do? So that's that's kind of how the whole coaching thing came about. I was already in that space of understanding more about me and what makes me tick and what I'm naturally really good at, what I love. And what I don't. And this thing just evolved. Yeah. That like it's it's reminding me a lot of like my own experience. And I think that of like other, you know, practice owners when they're first getting started. Like when I first started working at a you know big box like outpatient PT clinic, um, hated it. It was just, you know, like it was so many patients and like what has always felt like most aligned to me is to be able to work with somebody one-on-one and like truly connect with them and help them, you know, get where they want to go, uh, both, you know, like in the physical therapy clinic and in other ways that I've, I've worked with people. And um, it just working in that PT clinic was just not it. It wasn't aligned with who I am. It wasn't aligned with like my beliefs and values um, and what I wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, like that's what kind of like led me down the path 
to starting my own practice um, and like building it in a way that allowed me to do the work in a way that like I really believed in. And I think that that like inner alignment, like it matches with the passion that you have for it. And that inner drive is just going to, you know, make, make your business go so much further and faster then if you try to do something that isn't super aligned or it's something that you feel like you're supposed to do. Um, and it kind of reminds me of this thing that can happen for a lot of us when we're starting our practice. Um, you know, like as therapists, we are trained to basically work with anybody and everybody who comes across our path. Um, and just because we can doesn't necessarily mean we should or that we have to. Um, and some of the most successful practice owners that I work with, like they, they build a practice and work with a clientele that they aligns with who they are and, you know, what they have, I suppose, like the ability to do. Yeah. Every, everything you're saying, you know, certainly, certainly resonates. And I think that, um, you have such a, such a high level of self-awareness. So if, if people listening are familiar with emotional intelligence, if you're not become familiar with it, Google it, go watch a YouTube video, just get the sense of what it is. Cause it's just so darn powerful. Unlike, you know, IQ, EQ is much more powerful. And what you're, what you're doing is you're, you're very self-aware, which is the first component and the most important component of emotional intelligence. And that awareness allows you to see things differently. You see, we all have a lens. And that lens is formed by the people in our lives, the education we have, the influences we have, the books we read. So we're a sponge, especially when you're younger. And school, there's a lot to say about academia. There's a lot to say about, you know, in this case, physical therapy school. But you better be careful about who you're allowing into your brain. If it's anatomy, come on in. If it's, you know, how to work on a shoulder, come on in. If it's giving advice around you should, as therapists, always be willing to see anybody and everybody, and that's how you should structure your business, that's the worst freaking advice you can ever give because everyone knows the niches are in, the riches are in the niches, which means you can't be everything to everybody. Now, in theory, if you're working at a place and someone comes in, you should not say no, get out. Right. So if it's in that context, that's a very different context. But just like what you just said, it's, I was told that this, so you could have taken the context, you know, what they said out of context, or you could have said, no, that's exactly what they meant. But we have to question that. We have to be like, so where did that come from? And I, I do a lot of that. And I teach a lot of it with my clients. I go, it's interesting that you believe and one of my favorites is like this quality care stuff of an hour somehow is magically like that quality care means you work with someone for an hour. I mean, mm -hmm. you've heard of that one, right? Yeah. And I, I love speaking with um, not necessarily my clients, but some of their teams. And, and I go, where do you think that came from? You weren't born by saying quality cares an hour. Where do you think it came from? And a lot of it, they're going back to school or or something or this idealistic. If we aren't aware of some of these things, we'll start making decisions as something like that as fact. Mm -hmm. One an hour. Even if you got paid $50 an hour, one an hour, you'd you'd be out of business in less than a day. Right. That that makes zero sense. So if if and this and this is what got me, Morgan. I was working at the hospital system and I was uh, a few months in, um, you know, the only thing I really know how to do is stretch people because I was like the outpatient guy because it was in, it was an inpatient thing. And then I went, wait a minute. So the longer I take with people, 
because I'm brand new, the more money you get paid. And my director was like, yeah, I go, okay. Years later, I put a lot of money and effort and time perfecting my craft. I was specialty with backs and all that stuff. And I went, I can look at a person, diagnose them and treat them inside of 20 minutes. They could get better much faster than anyone else I know, but I'll be paid less than the person that doesn't know anything. I go, yeah, that model doesn't make any sense. So understanding that the insurance model is not the same as the treatment model. Like just having that awareness saying, so what's the motivation of insurance companies? Oh, well, they're based on time because way back when somebody decided, oh, not an entrepreneur, by the way, not you or me, <laughs> said, let's base therapy on time. Somehow magically time means therapy means result. Well, everyone knows that model's broken. It, who knows if it's ever going to be able to be fixed, but that doesn't mean us as business owners should accept that. Mm -hmm. We need to be aware enough and we need to question enough of why, why do we think that? Because if not, you're just sheep. You just get pushed along, told what to do by them, by they, and you then just kind of become this victim because you're not aware of what the heck's going on. And I know this is, you know, might be deep for a lot of people, but if, if you can understand this in any sense, this could change your direction um, as a business owner. I mean, completely change the direction because you need to question why you think what you think and you base it on the results you're getting. If you're not getting results that you want, if you're not happy, if you're not making the money you want, if you don't have the time and control of you want and the team you want, you got to question why not? And it always starts with, it's because of how you are thinking, how you are handling things, how you are communicating. And when you kind of become vulnerable, that's when the solutions really start to appear. So a lot of twisted turns in that, but you yeah. got me going with that one. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um, oh, I love this stuff. <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's so much stuff to to talk about because, like, <laughs> like so many of us, you know, like might be thinking about it, but are just, you know, like like scared to actually like voice it out loud, or like, what if I'm the only one who's thinking this way? Um, but there are just like there are so many people in our profession who are unhappy with the way they're doing things, and you know, like maybe they're thinking like this is the only way possible, but it's really not. Like there are so many ways that like we as PTs can work with people or develop businesses and everything. And I think like uh, another uh, question that I have for you, because I'd love to you know hear your insight on this, you know, say somebody is kind of like starting to be in this questioning phase of, you know, actually, I am not going to settle for being paid $35 an hour to work 10 hour days and see 120 patients a week. Um, but I, I don't know what to do. And, you know, like I've heard that I, I could start my own thing, but I don't know if I'm good enough to go out on my own. Mm. How do you handle that kind of, I guess, like mindset thing? Yeah. So a lot of that is kind of an, an imposter syndrome, right? Always questioning how good you are. Um, I'll answer it this way. When you graduate school, you're one of the smartest people on the planet. I mean, think about it. Think about your education. Think about how much you know about stuff, especially the body. Mm -hmm. So 99% of the people you'll ever meet don't know half of what you know. So the best way to get confident is just to look backwards at everything that you've done to be where you are, where people go off the rail, where people get into what some people call the gap or this negative place is you always are looking forward. 
Now, I have my clients set goals. I have my clients create vision. The reason I do that, because I want the vision to show them direction and to inspire them. What I will never have them do is measure their progress against that that vision. Why? Because you'll always feel less than. Because mm. your vision is always something you haven't done yet. You know, let's say you have, uh, I don't know, 50,000 people listening a month. But guess what? A friend of yours has 75,000. So every month, you're like, how many did I get? I got 50. I got 55. I got 60. And every month, you're in a bad mood. What happened? I'm not at 75. They're at 75. Because you're always looking forward about something that you can't reach because the minute you get close to 75, you're going to say, I want a hundred thousand uh, downloads. So the key is, is always measure yourself from the past, measure your progress, look behind you. This is such a, a huge concept in so many fashions, but with what you're talking about is this person should be looking at, Hey, you know what? I, I, I know what I'm doing on a lot of things. I don't know it all, but I'll never know it all, but there's a lot of things I know. There's a lot of people I could help. So start to get clear about the type of people you like to help. Who would you like to help? And then just start within one year working in the hospital. I started my, we called it moonlighting because I'm old. Uh, now it's called side hustle, but whatever. Same thing. <laughs> I rented out a room at a neighbor, a neighbor, you know, a neighbor gym, like down the street. And I just started seeing cash-based people. I had my little, my, you know, my vanilla, manila folders and stuff. And I just had like their name on it. And I printed out some sheet with their name and their, and their date of birth and all that. And, and I just took my notes and I had a chair and a table and that's it. And I just started working with people and, and I learned a ton, right? I learned about cancellations and how much they suck. Yeah. You know, I about, there's certain people I really love to work with and certain people that, oh, they, they suck the energy right out of me. I learned how to figure out stuff, right? You know, if, if you're thinking about going out on your own, start small. Start with, you know, finding a space that you could see a couple people, right? Learn how to not only treat um, on your own, but that's the easy part. Learn how to figure out what you're going to charge. Learn how to ask for money, right? These are all the things that you're going to learn. You're going to learn so much about business. Learn actually how to sell your services. When someone says, well, why should I go to you? How do you answer that? Like these are all the things that you get to learn and figure out in a very safe environment because this isn't like your income income while you have your other day job. And if you find yourself really liking and enjoying it, explore it more. You know, being a business owner is not for everybody, right? You know, it's okay. Having a side hustle it can be exciting. Maybe a side hustle could be in something that's just a passion project and not necessarily in clinical care because now there's so many options out there, but you want to do something that I believe inspires you. Mm -hmm. um, now, at the same time, no matter what you're doing, it's always about looking at it as what am I learning from this experience? Yes, treating 110 patients a week or whatever. Yes, it's grueling. But what are you learning? There was times where I treated 100 people. You know what I learned? I learned that A, it is possible. And B, it helped me with time management. Mm -hmm. And I learned about how much I spent time with patients just bullshitting. It really didn't make a difference in their care. It was just if I had time, I'd waste more time doing that stuff. But if mm -hmm. I didn't, I could actually be more dialed in. I was always more focused when a therapist was out, like unexpectedly, hey, Joan's not coming in today. And I'm like, all right, put them all on my schedule. We'll figure it out. Like it was mm -hmm. just, and you know what? It was always a lot of fun because it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
but there was energy. So I learned about it. Would I want to do that every day of my life? No. So I think, I think also it's just learning about what can you take from the place that you're working at? Even if you're not happy, why aren't you happy? Like start to really ask those questions because it won't be everything you're not happy with. Maybe you're not happy because they don't give you advancement. Maybe you're not happy because they don't show appreciation the way you want. Maybe you're not happy because you don't like particularly the type of clientele that's coming in. Take this opportunity to learn about your likes and your dislikes and all of that, because that's going to help you when you move to the next place. Um, you know, it, it, it'll help you continue to evolve. One of our values at Practice Freedom U is lifelong learning. I now been in the, in the in physical therapy game for 20, 28 years as, as of this recording. Um, I've been in business for 25 of them, pretty much, maybe 26 of them on some level. Um, I've been coaching for over 10 of them. I'm more excited now about learning than I ever was before because it's, it's endless. Just when I think I know something, there's more stuff out there. Yeah. So I never feel like I know it all. And I know I never will, but I'm on this journey of continuing to learn and evolve. And I think if you have that perspective, no matter what you do in life, just that long game perspective, it helps keep you right. It, mm -hmm. it helps prevent that you know, kind of disappointment that we put on ourselves because of the pressure we put on ourselves because we want it immediate. We want it now. And yes, it's a very ADD now world. I get it. And this is why we have to protect ourselves. It's not, you can get gobbled up with that because, you know, I work with a lot of mental health psychologists as well. You want to talk about a business that's booming and not for good reason. Yeah. That business is booming because with all the technology, we are having a hard time handling all of this. So yeah, I'm not sure if that was anywhere close to your question, but hopefully <laughs> there, there are some nuggets in there for people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like I think like a big part of, uh, you know, what you're sharing on that, that I think I always have to like remind myself of is that, um, and like what, something that I do like to share with people is that, I guess like in life, but also in business too, it'll never be done. It'll never be complete. Like it's always going to be an ever evolving process. And like you said, like you're always just going to be learning something new. And I think maybe sometimes where that kind of like not good enough, like feeling can come from is like you said, if you know, like you're focusing too much on the future and not really like looking back at all the things that you have accomplished so far, um, and like, we just get stuck under this, like thinking of, well, I just need to get like one more degree or one more certification. And then like, I'll be good enough to start working with people, but oh you're really only going to be, I guess, like, I, I hesitate to even say like good enough, but for lack of a better phrase by practice and like trying things and like learning through doing, um, you know, and like you said, like we, we already just, we know like even this much more than the average person on a lot of things. And like, that could be the difference between, you know, like that, that patient or client like staying stuck where they are and them having like a huge change in their life, um, you know, or even a small change in their life that just helps them. So, Morgan, like, I, this is an honest show, right? We tell the truth here. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie's going to go on a soapbox for a minute. You okay with that? Okay. Let's hear right. it, Jamie. So you said something that just, just <laughs> gets me going, right? Um, I remember in 2012, there was this thing called Vision 2020. Have you ever heard of that? I sure have. Sure have, Jamie. And part of Vision 2020, because they touted it everywhere, was we're going to be like the doctors. So we're going to get doctorates. We're going to get DPTs. And then, of course, that quickly turned to schools going, 
You want a DPT? Sure. We'll add a year. We'll bump up the price. So now we have school that costs more. Well, if we have a DPT, we need to get a higher level person. Okay. So now we're going to make it even more challenging to get into school. So be it. Then we said, well, a DPT is not enough. Doctors get like fellowships and all that kind of stuff. We're going to do that too. So then all of a sudden these companies and a lot of people that are touting this in the powers that be associations, of course, directly benefit from this as well. So we started to now say your, your degree isn't enough. You passing the boards isn't enough. You need more. You need more certifications, more fellowships, more initials after your name, because you know what, Morgan, you're not good enough because that's the message you're sending. There are people that are absolutely paralyzed when they get out of school because they've been told they don't know anything because they're comparing themselves with these people that have initials all over their names saying, you need to be like this. You need to be the academic snob. And the reality is you show me outcomes because so far I'm not seeing any outcomes where any of that stuff truly matter. Maybe one day they will and I'll be proven wrong. So be it. But what we're not learning is how to better connect and communicate with our people. We're not learning about the things those I hate this term too, the soft skills, right? Like emotional intelligence communication, how to have difficult conversations, how to have conflict resolution, how to be strong leaders. Like, why aren't we, why aren't we pushing that? Because we were, we were here trying to compare ourselves to an entirely different profession because we felt less than. I know there's other factors as well. And I'm not saying the DPT was necessarily a bad thing, but you tell me where our, uh, where our uh, industry is right now. Again, 10 years later, and yes, COVID and all that, but even without COVID, there was an education bubble about to burst. And the education bubble was the investment in the education that we get to get out of school isn't worth it. Because guess what? Insurances weren't a part of this conversation because what they're doing is decreasing reimbursement. Reimbursement has gone down a shit ton in the last 10 years. And yet school has, for lack of a better word, gone up a shit ton. Those aren't very good, you know, trends. Yeah. Matt, you're getting paid going down. So that means the therapist who now is in more debt than ever needs more money, but it's very difficult to get more money because the people aren't getting enough money. And there we are. So what's happening? There is a massive shortage in therapy, right? Partly because there's 350 million people in the country and there's just not enough people to take care of them, but partly because it's hard to get in school. There's schools out there that have openings, which they never had. I've talked to some schools, never had openings. And there's, um, it's a, you know, you're going to get out six figures in debt and you ain't ever going to pay that off. Because when you graduate, you also need to live somewhere. You need to drive something and you need to actually have food and a life. And I can't tell you how many therapists I talk to that are dead broke and in debt, even though they've spent their life trying to be something to help people. And what are we doing? Spend more money to get more degrees that ain't moving the needle in your life. Here's my advice to a business owner. Be unbelievably selfish. And what I mean by that is you focus your time, you invest in yourself, you invest in understanding the world of business in physical therapy and you be successful. That's how you can change the industry. Because if you're successful, you have money. When you have money, you have power. And believe me, associations will be happy to come to you 
to get a donation. And then we can use that money to potentially change things. But at the very least, you're going to have an amazing life for your family, which is what I believe the business is for. But you're also going to use that money to have an amazing staff and to help your community. And you can't do that when you're broke. You can't do that when you're stressed out. Believe me, I know I've been broke. I've been stressed. I've worked 60, 70 hours a week. And I've seen the other side of that. Give me the other side every day of the week because I believe now I'm helping so many more people than I ever was seeing 100 visits a week and going home flat out exhausted. I'll jump off the soapbox. (laughs) No, I mean, like, I think that's like, it's such an important thing for, for all of us to hear you know, the reality of the situation. Um, Cause I think, you know, there's just, there's so much like hustle too, to like hurry up and get through undergrad. So you can hurry up and get through grad school. So you can hurry up and get a job. So you can hurry up and make more money. And you just end up, like you said, exhausted and drained. And it's just like, is that, is that it for life? You know? And like, nobody's really like telling you that they kind of just keep pushing you towards, you know, the degrees and the certifications and like, eventually if you keep doing these things like eventually you'll get where you want to go but it's not true and so kind of going back to what you were saying before about like you have to start questioning things and thinking about things differently and seeing like if if it's true and real and if it's really like aligned with what what you're wanting for your life i've created certifications before and it's interesting because I had one of my mentors, one of my coaches, um, and, and by the way, none of my coaches were ever in physical therapy field. They were all in outside of the field. So it helped me get a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And one of my coaches says, Jamie, have you ever thought about what a certification is? And of course, I gave him some academic answer. And he goes, no, it's approval. Certification is me approving you to know this and to do this, right? I am saying it's okay. And what it also says is if you don't have this certification, then you are not, you are not approved. Now, I had only a couple people since I've been coaching ask me, so Jamie, where's your coaching certification from? And I went, don't have one. I don't need someone to um, give me approval to coach somebody. I go, I've lived it. This is who I am. This is what I do. And I have hundreds of people to prove it. But if you'd like to work with someone that has a certification from a nice six-week course, by all means, go find them. It's the same thing in some of these other certifications and fellowships and all that kind of stuff. And I'm talking about business owners here that are broke, yet they're paying 10000 to get a certification instead of paying 10000 to learn how to market and, and sell their services. So I, I come from that perspective. Obviously, sure. there's people that the education is part of the next thing they want to do or get their PhD or whatever they want to do. Um, and I'm not negatively saying that higher education is not good. I'm speaking specifically from a very particular angle here mm-hmm. um, of there's marketing going on, there's sales and there's money going on. It just happens to be in the education world. And there are people that are making a fortune, which I'm okay with. I'm a capitalist pig. I'm fine with that. I just don't like what it is is played off as something else. Mm-hmm. Just say what it is. Hey, you know, if you want to make money for anyone listening here, there's a couple things. You don't need all those certifications. You do need to be an, an expert at something that people want. In this case, you pass the board, you're already an expert. Yeah. And you continue to learn, of course, we're lifelong learners. That's one one thing you need. You need that. But more importantly than that, believe it or not, more importantly of how good you are with that craft is you need 
to know how to actually communicate with somebody and you need to know how to actually convince and persuade them that your services can help them achieve what they want. In other words, you need to understand how to market and sell. And those are two things that none of us learn and that all of us don't have enough knowledge and understanding about, which is why many of us drop thousands of dollars hoping and praying that the company we're dropping it to is going to do what we're afraid and we don't know what to do. The mm -hmm. problem with that is this, because you don't know, you don't even know if the person that you're dropping it knows what the heck they're doing. And you're not going to find out because I've dropped, I can't tell you how much, and like Facebook ad companies, six figures, nothing, crap. And it wasn't until I started to learn about it myself to realize this isn't that hard. Mm -hmm. This is not all that complicated. I don't particularly want to be a Facebook ad person, but now I know who I can folk, you know, hire and, and all of that. So if we're not comfortable with something, you still need to know enough about it. But those two skills, understanding your target audience, knowing how to communicate and connect with them, which we're pretty darn good at, and knowing how to persuade them to, to take action, which we're also pretty good at, because guess what we do for a living? Evaluations and plan of cares. Plan of cares is selling, by the way. You are yep. selling them <laughs> what you think they should do. So just keep doing that. Just do that for more people, and you will never, never worry again about paying your bills or anything. Because those skills, there's not a lack of people here that would love to come see you. Yeah. And that's what, like, that's what I always tell everybody, like everybody, like every new student in my program, pretty much like when we have our first call, one of the things that they always bring up is that I have no sales experience. And I'm always just like, okay, well, riddle me this, Jamie. Have you ever evaluated somebody? Have you gotten them to come back? <laughs> You've made a sale, um, you know, and like, we just have to start looking at it a little bit different. You know, you do have like, obviously some clinical skills if you pass the boards and if you have evaluated somebody and gotten them to come back for a plan of care and had them complete the plan of care, you've got sales skills, at least like some basic stuff to build on and you need to make those better. And I am like right there with you when it comes to like learning about the marketing stuff is you have to have a basic understanding of like, like foundational marketing concepts, as well as a lot of the tools that are available out there. So you can see, you know, like what, what's worth it, what's not. And you can also tell, you know, if somebody is trying to kind of like pull the wool over your eyes, you know, and mm -hmm. hope that you don't notice that what they're trying to sell you on probably is not going to be the result that you get. And it's just, it's, yeah, that's, that's like a soapbox that I have, I guess that, you know, like I just, I want everybody to be successful in their businesses and, you know, whatever they end up hiring people to help them do, just have a good understanding of who, you know, you're bringing onto your team, because that's, that's really important. And I know that's something that like you and I have talked about before and Mm -hmm. something we chatted a little bit about before we started the recording is just being able to, I guess, like let go um, and hire the right people and, and have confidence that they're going to be able to, to help you get where you want to go. Yeah. So I, I know we originally talked about this idea of letting go and all that. So there's a couple things with, with letting go. One, if you want to stay relatively small, in other words, you want to be kind of a solopreneur, mm -hmm. there's really nothing to let go of. Increase your skills and abilities to connect with people communicate clearly what you do, who you do it for, and the result that you help them, like the problem you solve, and learn how to persuade them to take action, which is selling. Um, if you're able to do that, then you are gonna be uh, very successful doing what you want, when you want, with who you want, done. 
and charging whatever you want. Now, if you want to grow, if you want to grow past a couple hundred thousand, maybe 250,000 that you could probably generate on your own. If you want to build half a million, million, three million, five million dollar company, you need people. You need help. You can't do it on your own. And here lies the most difficult thing that um, I, I work with my clients with, and my other coaches do the same thing. It's, we have this, not everyone, but a lot of people, we have this difficulty of letting go. We have this difficulty, especially in therapy where we say, they can't do it as well as I can. I said that for years, which is why it took me nine years to build a practice, which I refer to as practice freedom. Um, because I couldn't let go of certain things. It took me nine years to let go of treating. I was holding on to three people a week, three people a week that I was holding on to. And finally, one of my, uh, not even not even my coach of mine, I was in this, in this kind of mastermind class and he goes, why are you treating again? I go, I don't know. He goes, that's ridiculous. Came back on Monday, said, take me off. Just get me, I'm done. Because I was just afraid to let go. A part of letting go is coming up with the identity of, so if I start to delegate patient care, who am I? Because I've been told I'm a therapist my whole life. Yeah. And we have to start saying that you're much greater than a therapist. Not that being a therapist is bad, but you also chose to be a business owner. So you're a business owner. You're a business owner that happens to be in the business of rehab or physical therapy or whatever. So you have to start using that language and, and thinking like that. But um, letting go and delegating, the things that I would start with, I always, I always think start small, start easy. Start with things that you don't particularly like. First thing I ever delegated, by the way, I delegated uh, bookkeeping. I freaking hate bookkeeping. I suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suck at it now. I, mean, I have a personal bookkeeper now for my personal finances. I never reconcile. I, I was terrible. So I delegated it. Of course, we always say, well, I can kind of do it because I'm saving money. No, you're not. It would cost <laughs> me so much more money. Delegate it to people that that's their passion. That's what mm -hmm. they're good at. And you will get an exponential result for your investment in them. And think of everything you delegate as an investment. And the investment is you're buying back your time and your mental space. That's what happens when you delegate. Keep the things that you absolutely love. Keep the things that you're good at. Keep the things that you as a business owner have to do. But man, you can delegate anything from billing, answering the phones, um, some aspects of, of marketing, blog posts, uh, bookkeeping, payroll, treatment. I mean, you can delegate a ton of stuff. There's lots of talented people out there, but it's hard to do when A, you think no one can do it as well as you, and B, you view delegation as a cost versus mm -hmm. an investment in your ability to grow. That's the number one objection that I get when people even look at coaches. Mm -hmm. Jamie, that's too, too expensive. And I say, I, I certainly understand where you're coming from. Now, when you mean by expensive, are you talking about expensive as in you don't have a vision big enough that this investment will will get it back for you because if that's the case i agree they're like well no i have a i, I want to grow a million dollars in the next year or something like that i go so our program at fifteen thousand isn't worth a i can't even do the math but it's a lot of x's like yeah. <laughs> 40x or 50x mm -hmm. so what are you worried about you actually doing the work and achieving it, because that can be a little scary. It's easier to say I could do it versus doing it. And mm -hmm. I can tell Morgan, someone like you, you could talk about doing it, maybe for a period of time you did, but you're sitting right here because you actually took action. You yeah. actually did something. And I imagine it wasn't perfect. And I imagine you made a lot of mistakes yes. and you still will continue. So the idea is, well, you can make mistakes and learn from them, 
or you can be afraid to make mistakes and never move forward. Yeah. I, I allow everyone to make that choice for themselves, but let's face it. There are 343 million people in this country. They all have a human body and those bodies will break down. There is so many more people who need our help that actually do what we do. So the only difference is gonna be is whether you take action and stay accountable and have the grit and the courage to continue doing it. And you're gonna learn and you're gonna move forward. You already did it once in your life for sure because there was no guarantees you were getting in the PT school, but you sacrificed everything and you busted your butt and you stayed in on a Saturday night. There was no guarantees you were gonna um, pass the board, but you wrote six figure checks and you busted your butt for the hope to pass the boards. There was no guarantee you were going to get a job, but you did. You know what? There's no guarantees that your place is going to be successful, but there is a guarantee that if you don't do anything, it will not be successful. That is a guarantee. So, you know, my whole thing is you can do this. You've already done it. Yeah. You just have to start thinking differently about what you're actually doing and find people who can help you and check the ego at the door and just start going into it with just a, just everything you got, realizing it isn't going to be perfect, but hey, we, we, we're not looking for perfect. Mm-mm. We're just looking no, for people. No. We need more people. We need yeah. more people like, like Morgan and myself and other people. We need more successful people out there to help people in the way that we were taught to help people. Because if not, believe me, there'll be plenty of other people coming in, giving people solutions to their problem. I just rather it be you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... If I didn't already start a practice, I would start one after hearing that, Jamie. You've convinced me. So, you know, like it just, there's so, so many reasons and so many, I guess, like things that, you know, the people who are listening could come up with not to start. There's plenty of reasons not to start, but, you know, the only thing that is going to like let you have from your life, I think what it is that you're looking for is that if you do start and you do try and see where that takes you because the worst thing that'll happen is that it doesn't work out and then at least you'll know and then you'll gain skills to try other things too so and that's why you're good at what you do because what you just said was a very positive way of doing it and learning from what you're doing everything we do is a lesson some people just fail to see it other people see it learn from it and move forward at exponential rate so and business is not for everyone if you're not sure try it out do a little, you know, moonlight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Try it out. Give yourself three, six months. And if you hate it, then at least you tried. Trust um, your gut. If it doesn't resonate, it doesn't resonate. Yeah. I mean, people said, I, I know, you know, I know we need to wrap up, but people said, well, Jamie, why didn't you just keep your, your practices? Because they were kind of running on their own. I said, I just didn't have any passion for it. I didn't care. I go, I yeah. want to do something that inspires me. I want to mm-hmm. do something that makes a difference. I'd rather sell it to somebody that's going to build and grow and, and help. I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this for money. I mean, I want to get paid really well, but that's not my motivation for doing this. Mm-hmm. And I hope, you know, I, I know just being in this field, that's not, you know, a lot of people's motivation, but you know, you can do anything you want. You can work with any type of person you want. You know, it's just a matter of making a decision. That's the hardest part, making a decision and taking action. Absolutely. You know, and if anybody is going to bet on you, I think it should be yourself. Yeah. We've covered so many topics tonight, Jamie. 
This was really, really insightful. And, you know, I really appreciate you being here and sharing all of this. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. Um, so I guess like as we were wrapping up, um, you know, if people feel inspired just like I do and would like to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah. I mean, if you want to hear more Jamieisms and get more of this <laughs> crazy out of the box thinking, um, check out my YouTube channel. Uh, just type in Jamie Schreier and um, I'm on there. I got tons of stuff, videos. A lot of funny stuff on there. Um, <laughs> if you want to um, reach out to me, um, the best way to do it is um, you can shoot me an email if you'd like, jamie at practicefreedomu, the letter u.com. You can visit my website. Um, that gives a little bit more of what we do, who we do it, who it's for. There's actually a really cool thing on the website. There's a quiz, a practice quiz on the website that kind of takes you through. I ask uh, 35 questions. It's pretty quick. It only takes you like five minutes. But it's, it's talk about self-awareness. It allows you, the questions I ask are seven different areas of a business. So it allows you to see the areas you're doing well in, the areas you need help in. So then what I do is I offer a, um, a free 30-minute um, um, review, quiz review. So we sit down for 30 minutes through a Zoom and I, you know, I'll look at your results and I'll give you some guidance and advice. And yeah, I mean, if, if, it, if it turns out you want some help, we're happy to help. If not, at least you walk away with with some ideas and a plan to do it. So uh, that's always the, a, a great way because uh, I, I, I rather talk to people that have already taken a little bit of action. Sure. So then we're talking about something. So I, I would say, to, you know, take the quiz first and then set up a time and we can talk about your business and, and stuff like that and see what I can do to help. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing all of that. And yeah, thanks again so much for being here, Jamie. Thanks so much, Morgan. All right, guys, um, we will plan to see you on the next episode of DPT to CEO um, and hope you have a good rest of your day. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. As always, I'm honored to be a part of this community of healthcare entrepreneurs, and it is my hope that by sharing and spreading stories, advice, and knowledge to people just like you who want something more, it will inspire you to create the life and career that you dream of. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on my website at morganmeese.com or on Instagram at drmorganmeese. Who do you want to hear from next? Or would you like to be featured on this series? Have an idea for a topic that hasn't been covered yet? Please email me at morgan at thewellphysio.com.